through the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. Um, we're going to look at some of these uh, characters that are in the book and uh, talk about um, their reactions and, and what God had called them to do uh, during this time in, in preparing for uh, Jesus' coming into the world. And I thought it would be uh, good to go through some of these uh, characters and kind of learn some things about them um, for our benefit and for um, um, our, our, our use in our own personal lives. So anyway, uh, Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 11, this is uh, about the visitation to Zechariah. Um, and it says this, And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to you to speak to you and to bring you um, to this uh, good news. And behold, you will be silent and be unable to speak until the day that those things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Let's pray again. Lord, we just ask God that you'd add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. We are a people um, who do not like change. <laughs> uh, now, some, I'll take that back. Some people do like change. They, they, they like changing things up. They like doing things different. But most people, they don't like things that change. And especially... Um, people who um, are, are older and kind of set in their ways, uh, like, like me and others. <laughs> um, but we don't, we don't like things to change. We like things to stay kind of the same. And so um, because of that, you know, we, we kind of just uh, want things to be smooth in our lives. We kind of go along with uh, things going on around us. And, um, and uh, we, we try to uh, uh, maintain certain habits and, and rituals that we go through every day, week by week. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, change uh, is, is good for us uh, because it might help us to grow. Um, sometimes change um, is, is not good for us, especially if, if it's a negative kind of change. But um, one of the things I, I find is that, you know, be, when we get older, um, we, we kind of don't like change. And we kind of, because of that, we, we, we get complacent um, in, in what we're doing in life. And one of the things, you know, in, in the business world, you know, th things change uh, quite a bit. The mar markets change, uh, customers, uh, th their interests may change, and uh, they, they, they always are talking about things like how, how to prepare for change. You've got to prepare yourself first for, for that change. 
if, if change is coming, you've got to be able to um, be able to handle that. And also, you've got a, one of the things that, that that's suggested in the business world is that you begin working on your skills and improving your skills to help you be ready for change. Um, you know, you have to um, when when change occurs, you have to become knowledgeable of what the changes are and, and um, begin um, I'm answering questions about those change. Start looking at goals and, and, and what you want to do. You've got you to set goals if you want to be ready for change. What, what, what do you want good to come out of the changes that are happening? Um, you know, and, and, you, and you, need, um, uh, somebody, you, you need feedback. You know, if, you, if you're making changes or you're involved in change, you need to be able to make feedback and prepared for feedback, whether it's good or bad. And, um, you know, all kinds of things that, that, that people suggest that help you get ready for change. Well, I think that's what's happening here in, um, in, uh, in, in the Gospel of Luke, is that there's a big change about to come. That there's a huge shift about to come into the world. And it's being done by God Himself. And it's not something that, that uh, God just all of a sudden decided to do. It's something that, that God had, had been planning on for a long time. And, and he's preparing the world for this big shift. And, and the first person, one of the first people he goes to, to help prepare the world for this shift, is this priest, Zechariah, who is serving in the temple of God. And, and he's, he's, he's presenting uh, the incense of, um, to um, uh, help atone for the sins of the people. He was the one chosen for that year to go into the presence of God and offer the incense. And, you know, uh, God was getting ready to um, um, enact his, his, his full plan of salvation for the world. And that means a big change. And, and whenever God gets ready to do big changes, he does big things. <laughs> now, one of the things, too, about Zechariah during this time is that, you know, uh, there had been about 400 years of silence um, fr from God. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, the, 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 the Old Testament ends there, there with Malachi. And um, for about 400 years, you know, uh, there, there weren't any big major prophecies happening during that time. The, the, the people were waiting for the Messiah to come. They were waiting for God to act. And for a long time, you know, they, they didn't hear from God and He didn't act. But they still remained faithful. And you know, there were times, I mean, that doesn't mean that God wasn't working or that God Himself stopped. But there wasn't any more need for any revelation during that time. God had given His revelation to the people. And now what He wanted to do was, was to um, prepare for His coming. And, and, and for the promised Messiah to come. And so um, people began looking for the Messiah to come. They began looking for signs of the Messiah. Um, and, and, and in this time especially after the Greek conquest, then after the Roman conquest, um, people were especially looking for a Messiah because they're thinking, who's going to save us from these, these, these powerful people that we cannot resist? They were looking for a Messiah to come. And, and really and truly, they, they were looking for, for change. But I don't know about Zechariah so much. I don't think Zechariah was really looking for a, a big change here because he was doing... His priestly duty, which is something that um, the, these priests did year after year. Now, he faithfully served the Lord and he, and he, he did his duty um, over and over again. But, you know, um, and 
But, but the angel of God shows up and, and he interrupts um, Zechariah's life and announces the, the, this huge change that was about to happen, not only for the whole world in, in, in predicting the coming of the Messiah and predicting John, his son John, but, but to Zechariah's own life. I mean, he, he announced that Zechariah was about to have a child. He was about to have a son. And that, that was a, a major disruption. And, and uh, you know, for Zechariah, it was, it was overwhelming. So Gabriel um, reveals to Zechariah that God's ancient plan was about to be fulfilled. And so he, he begins to, to describe to um, uh, Zechariah um, how this was all going to happen and, and what was going to happen. He says, Elizabeth will bear you a son here in verse 13, and you shall call his name John. And, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. I mean, you know, here Zechariah was, you know, he was just, you know, uh, put, putting the burning coals and the incense on the altar of incense before the Lord, which was his duty year after year. And all of a sudden the angel comes and tells him, hey, you know, God's about to do something. He's about to, he, I'm, I'm announcing your birth. Your son is going to be a, a great person before the Lord who will turn the hearts of many back to the Lord their God. And um, not only that, he also says in verse 17 that, that, God, that he will be before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Now, to Zechariah, um, that means that, you know, the Old Testament fulfillment that says that before the, the Messiah comes, the prophet Elijah would come. That was a prediction of the Old Testament. And, and for, for this angel to say that your son named John who will who will minister in the, in the spirit and power of Elijah, was coming. I mean, that, that, was, that, that should have been some great news for Zechariah. Because, you know, I mean, here he is, the, the, the Messiah that he's been looking for all of his life, and that Israel had been looking for, was coming into the world. And one of the signs was that Elijah would return. And he's saying that your son, that you're about to have, it, is, is going to work in the spirit and power of Elijah. Meaning that he would be great before the Lord. He, he would be part of this fulfillment. That, that Zechariah's son, and, and by um, implication Zechariah himself, would, would be in, on, in all these great events of God's salvation plan. And talk about, about a major change in Zechariah's life. I mean, that, that, that's about as major as you can get when it comes to, to change. Is when God shows up, sends a messenger angel, to, to tell you that I'm about to use you to help bring about my great salvation plan. And I'm going to use your son to bring about God's great salvation plan. And he will uh, lead people to the Messiah that I've promised long ago and he's coming. You know, I think Isaiah should have been um, joyous about that prospect. I think he should have been glad and jumping up and down. And the angel Gabriel even tells him, even tells him here, your son will bring joy and gladness. And, and many people will rejoice at his coming. But Zechariah himself is, is, is still fearful 
And not only that, he, he, he's doubting. And I wonder if um, Zechariah had um, just um, not become anything but complacent. I mean, I mean uh, anybody who, who, who is a priest, who, who is handling the ministry of God, who, is, who, who, who believes in, in, in angels and those kinds of things, and I understand being awestruck because an angel appears before you. But, but Zechariah is, I mean, he, he, he's in fear and he, he, he's in awe of this, this uh, coming of, of the angel Gabriel. Uh, it scares him to death. He, he's troubled by it. He's shaking in his boots pretty much when he appears. And if anybody should have been ready for an angel to appear, it should have been um, a priest of the Lord. And then secondly, he, he kind of doubts the message. I mean, here he is seeing an angelic visitor among him. Somebody who, who was clearly, you know, uh, an angel. I mean, uh, he, 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 was, he was one of the angels of the Lord, one, one of the great angels that was, that was before the Lord, who, who was a messenger of the Lord. The angel of uh, Gabriel is, is the one who appeared to Daniel in the Old Testament to deliver God's message of, of their salvation at, at, at the hands of, of um, the, uh, the Persians who were coming. And, and, and to predict that, that they would be going back to their, their homeland. Because the Persians re released um, the, um, the, the Jews to go back to um, uh, their homeland there in, in, in Israel. Um, which we call Palestine today, but it's still Israel's. Um, but anyway, I won't get into all that. But anyway, the, Gabriel was the one who appeared to the great, one of the greatest prophets of all time, Daniel. And now here Gabriel is appearing before Zechariah. And Zechariah, even though he sees this angel and he's clearly hearing God's message and he's clearly seeing God's work, all of a sudden he doubts it. He doubts the whole thing. I don't think Zechariah was really prepared for all this. And what, what I mean by, by, by being prepared, I, 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 I think he probably had been like a lot of believers are. And, and, and that's being um, what, I, what I call spiritual autopilot. <laughs> or, or we, we, we've, um, uh, our, our lives, uh, you know, we're going down the interstate and, we, and we've set the cruise and we're just holding the steering wheel while, while we're just going down the road, uh, not changing lanes, not, not, not causing any kind of disruption. Uh, we're, we're just, uh, or, or we're, um, you know, fl flying the plane uh, to the airport and we've already got our direction, we've got our vector. We don't have to do anything for a couple of hours until we get to uh, where the airport is, so we just set it on autopilot and, and let it go. I, I, I think a lot of believers are, are on a spiritual um, autopilot these days. And, and what that does sometimes is that it, that, that it lulls us into some sort of spiritual complacency. So much so that, that when God shows up and um, shows us something and asks us to do something, or, or, or God says, I'm, I'm about to uh, do something uh, special in, in your life or, or, or within the church body, um, you know, we, we, we kind of uh, miss the boat. Or we begin questioning God because we are not spiritually prepared for what, you know, the change that God is asking us to make or the, the new thing God wants to do. One of the things that, that I've been doing on Wednesday nights and, and um, you've heard me talk about it. 
Um, it's called 5Q Discipleship, and uh, Q stands for questions. And we always ask five questions. Um, and, and the first one is, what, do you, what, what is Jesus saying to you about the Scripture that, that we've read and looked at? What is Jesus saying to you personally? What does He want you to share with, with our group? Secondly, is what can you praise Jesus for? What, what, what can you adore Jesus for in worship? Adoration of Jesus Christ. And so I, pe people will pray and, uh, and, and they'll say, you know, Jesus, I praise you for this or this or this. The third thing we always talk about is, is change. What does God want us to change about ourselves? It's, it's the third thing I know. First comes our, our um, receiving a message from the Lord and then praising Him for it. The third thing that we talk about is change. What, based on this scripture, what do I need to change in my life? Then the other ones are thanksgiving and, and then supplication. Thanksgiving means we give a testimony about what the God has done in my week. And supplication has to do with prayer requests. So you, so you get this acronym, um, SACTS, S-A-C-T-S. That's how you remember the five questions. But anyway, that third one is always the change. And of course, that's always the most difficult question uh, that we ask in that, that discipleship. Based on what I've read and based on this passage, what does God want me to change in my life? Because if we're not always um, trying to spiritually improve, all we're going to do is, is become complacent. And then complacency uh, leads to a reversal. And I think Zechariah is, is an example of this. Even though he was a priest of God, even though he was serving God faithfully, uh, day and night, uh, performing his duties uh, there as, as, as one of the Levitical priests, offering the, the altar of incense, which he... Because um, they, they, they rotated that, that duty. Um, and so, so his time come up, and he goes in, and he's, he's there. Uh, doing what he's supposed to be doing, but you know, I think he's just on a spiritual autopilot. Because what happens is, you know, the angel appears and speaks to Zechariah, and the first thing Zechariah does is that he is he's quaking in his boots. It says he was terrified and troubled, and all this stuff. And then, then all of a sudden, he 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 expresses his doubt in the messenger of God who is standing right there before him, and he's clearly a messenger from God. So, he, so doubting that message from Gabriel means, means he was doubting and questioning God. And, and so Zechariah brings a, you know, some judgment on himself because of his doubt and fear of the Lord. And I think it's because, again, he, he had, he had um, not been ready for this change, but now God was preparing him <laughs> for this change and, and not in a good way. And that's another thing about it too, you know, Change comes whether we like it or not. When God shows up and asks us to do something or to move forward in Him, and yet we are, are waffling and expressing doubt, um, we're going to lose out on the blessings of God. Zechariah doubted. He, he, yes, he was older. And yes, his wife was beyond her childbearing years. And so he asked, well, well, how in the world is this going to happen? Because, I mean, I'm not sure, I mean, I'm sure Zechariah was being respectful, but, but, but his whole question was, was very doubtful. How am I, um, you know, I, I'm well advanced in years, and my wife is well advanced in years. How is this going to happen? In other words, it's not physically impossible. Well, that's another thing that Zechariah had forgotten. 
How many times in the Old Testament, when the Lord was prepared to do something new in His people of Israel, did He not announce a birth that was coming? When God made promises to Abraham, He told Abraham, your wife Sarah will bear you a son, even in her old age. Now, again, Abraham and Sarah didn't trust God then either. Because Sarah gave Abraham her concubine for him to have the child Ishmael with. And God um, you know, brought some judgment on them for that. And, you know, you doubted me. But later on, Sarah... She did have a child of promise, and his name was Isaac. And hence, forevermore, we've got the Israeli-Arab conflict <laughs> because of that one situation between, um, because Abraham wasn't faithful and, uh, to, to the Lord and didn't trust God, and so he um, was influenced by his wife Sarah to have a, an heir by, by um, Hagar, th thinking that they are going to help God along. But God said, no, I said your wife was going to have the child, even in her old age, and then later on she has Isaac. It was through Isaac that the promise of the covenant came through. Ishmael, um, you know, what <clears throat> was uh, the child that, that um, um, Abraham should never have had. Sarah was the one that caused all that to happen. But then later on, Sarah got mad and sent Hagar and Ishmael off. And ever since then, there's been this conflict between Israel and, and, and Isaac and Ishmael and, and, and the children of, of Israel and, and the children of, uh, of, um, of Ishmael. The, the Arabs and, and Israeli conflict goes all the way back to Abraham, believe it or not. But it was because Abraham was doubted. Abraham himself wasn't prepared to believe God in, 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 that, in that instant. Or I, I guess it was really more Sarah than Abraham, but still yet, Abraham allowed Sarah to influence him instead of saying, no, we're going to wait on God. It was much his fault as it was hers. But they weren't prepared for that change. But all through history, that, that, that happened. The promise of a child being born. It, ha it happened several times in the Old Testament. And Zechariah should have been prepared and recognized that, that God, when He sent His angel telling him He's going to have a child, that great things were about to happen. God, God, whenever God is on the move, and, and some kind of climatic event in history was going to happen, God um, gets ready and, and announces it through uh, the birth of, of a child of promise. And he should have recognized that and known that. When, when, when God is, is moving in, in, in the lives of His people and God is moving in, in, in His culture and He's getting ready to do something big, you and I had, had better be in our hearts and minds prepared to follow wherever God is going so that we'll be in His plan of, of, of salvation and not find ourselves losing the blessings of God. I, I believe that, that in, in our culture and, and in our time, um, that, that there's some major cultural shifts going on. Um, Michael and I were at um, General Conference uh, last year, and I've mentioned this before, and I know Dylan um, remembers this and, and mentioned it. Um, but Ed Stetzer, who's a church growth expert, came and, 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 and taught us um, and, and gave a lecture on um, 
what he, what he viewed as, as, as the cultural um, statistics. And he said, we are just like w where we are right now as we were back in the late 60s. And what do we have in the late 60s? We had, we had Viet the Vietnam conflict. We had um, a lot of people protesting that. We had um, the uh, uh, racial divisions because um, of, of, of the old Jim Crow laws and, and the conflict between that and, 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 and the, the African-American people who we were trying to stand up for justice. And, and of course, Martin Luther King had just been assassinated too during that time. It was a terrible time. Um, the big protest at the Democratic National Convention. And he also mentioned that there was um, a, a big pandemic that happened then of swine flu, all, all happening within that, that period. And what came out of that, he said, um, the Jesus movement. The Jesus movement began sweeping across California. Another thing that happened about the same time was the big revival at Asbury uh, College. And, and the people went out from all over the world um, talking about that revival, and, and it spread to some other campuses as well. A, a, a big move for a revival of God. Well, he says some of the same conditions are happening right now. We just come out of a pandemic. We've got, you know, we had uh, the 2020 protest and, and um, how, um, you know, uh, you know th these groups were burning down cities. You know, all, all these same factors are, are going on right now. There's a, there's a cultural battle, a cultural upheaval happening. And he says that, that he thinks that God is getting ready to move. He's been moving on some of these campuses, and not just the Christian ones, but some of the secular ones. And they had, they had a big uh, revival down, um, I think it was the University of Alabama. And uh, some of the media got mad because even one of the football coaches got involved with it and went out and started baptizing students <laughs> who were coming to the Lord. And, uh, you know, we, I, I think we're, we're seeing a time when, when God is getting ready to move. And it, it, if we're spiritually complacent and not prepared for it when, when that happens, then we're going to find ourselves losing out on some of the blessings of God. And so we need to prepare our hearts right now for, for God's coming. And, and, and be ready for, for, for when He speaks. Um, we need to personally be ready to obey God and to trust Him and move forward in Him. And if we know anything about the story of Zechariah, <clears throat> even, you know, he, he, all this happened to him. And, and yes, he, he was punished for his doubt. In fact, he was, he was made mute. But as soon as, you know, John came, that curse lifted from Zechariah, and Zechariah writes his own song of praise and joy at what the Lord has done. We need to prepare our hearts. We need to seek within our own hearts, Lord, Lord am I ready for the, for the cultural changes that you're about to bring? Am I ready for, for, for a move of God? Am I ready for, for revival? Am, am I being faithful to you or have I grown complacent? Am I ready to obey you, Lord, when you call and ask me to do something? When, when you call and ask me to speak to someone about the gospel of Jesus Christ or, or you um, uh, call on me to, to invite somebody to church or whatever it may be. Um, you know, I, I just saw a statistic and, I, and some of you who are on Facebook saw me post it the other day that said 80%, 86% of people who um, begin coming to church 
are, 86% of them are invited by a friend. That, that's usually how it happens. Not, 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 a, not just a pastor inviting them, and, and, and not just um, a, a team evangelism, but, but individuals inviting friends to a church. 86% of churchgoers started going because a, a personal friend invited them. We need to prepare ourselves spiritually for church growth to obey the Lord whenever He calls us to move. And if we want to see these, these, uh, these pews filled up, not just with new members, but with people who are coming and, and getting saved and being brought into God's kingdom, if we want to do that, we need to be begin spiritually preparing ourselves for what God is going to do. And that, that starts before the growth comes. And if we're not spiritually ready... Then, then, then we're going to miss out. Now, the question is, how do I get spiritually ready? Well, all those things that, that we talk about um, when it comes to, um, you know, uh, we, we call it piety or we call it discipleship. We, we call it devotional. We, we get into God's Word and we, and we seriously begin reading God's Word and, and praying and asking Him, Lord, help me to be ready. Uh, search my heart, Lord, and see if there be any wicked way within me. And help me, Lord, to, uh, to uh, stay away from sin and, 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 and to draw closer to you. And, and when we commit ourselves to the Lord in that way, God responds with His Holy Spirit to cleanse us and, and, and to transform us and to change us. He's already done it through the Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the vehicle through which God's salvation has come to us and through whom the Spirit has come to us. And, and, and it's through Christ that we have received forgiveness of our sins. But what we need is that transformation of the heart, which is done through the Holy Spirit, not just in a one-time um, salvation experience, but beginning with that salvation experience and moving forward, we, we must allow the Holy Spirit to continually to change our hearts and prepare us for what God has for us, to help us increase in our trust in Him, to increase our faith in Him, to, to increase our response and obedience to Him. We need to be doing the things that we need to be doing daily to draw close to Him. Reading God's Word, being, being in, in prayer, spending some time with Him, and allowing Him to, to work in our lives. It takes a, a surrender of our will, and it takes a, a surrender of ourselves to God and it takes it on a daily basis if we want to see the kind of growth we need to be prepared for whatever God is getting ready to do. And I believe He's getting ready to do something great among our people and, among, and in our nation and in our community. Let's stand. Dear and gracious Heavenly Father, we um, are seeking You this morning. God, help us to be ready, spiritually ready, for whatever change that you have. Help us, Lord, during our week and during our days to prepare for your coming, Lord, to be ready to obey you instantly, to be ready to trust in you, and to allow you to use us to work your will and way in the world. God, prepare our hearts through faithful devotion to you, God, help us to draw closer to you this Christmas season. Prepare our hearts for your coming, Lord, because you are coming again, Father. 
But in the meantime, help us, Lord, to be ready in season and out of season, Lord. To be ready to give an answer for the faith that is within us. God, help us, Lord, to be obedient to you. And God, give us the strength to be the people you've called us to be. Lord, I ask that you would bless us as we prepare to go. Dismiss us from this place, but never dismiss us from your presence. Go with us and be with us through our week. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. If you wouldn't mind, start making...